Section 7 of Lives of the Most Eminent Painters, Sculptors, and Architects, Volume 6. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings from the public domain. For more information or volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Lives of the Most Eminent Painters, Sculptors, and Architects, Volume 6, by Giorgio Vasari. Translated by Gaston Ducey de Ver. Section 7. Life of Boccardio di Agnolo, Architect of Florence. Great is the pleasure that I take in studying, at times, the beginnings of our craftsmen, for one sees some rising from the lowest depths to the greatest height, and especially in architecture, a science which has not been practised for several years, past save by carvers and cunning impostors who profess to understand perspective without knowing even its terms or its first principles. The truth, indeed, is that architecture can never be practised to perfection, save by those who have an excellent judgment and a good mastery of design, or have laboured much in painting, sculpture, or works in wood, for the reason that in it have to be executed with true measurements the dimensions of their figures, which are columns, cornices, and bases, and all the ornaments, which are made for the adornment of the figures, and for no other reason. And thus the workers in wood, by continually handling such things, in course of time become architects, and sculptors likewise by having to find positions for their statues and by making ornaments for tombs and other works in the round come in time to a knowledge of architecture and painters on account of their perspectives the variety of their inventions and the buildings that they draw are compelled to take the ground plans of edifices saying that they cannot plant houses or flights of steps on the plains where their figures stand without in the first place grasping the order of the architecture working in his youth excellently well at wooden laying Macchio executed the banks of the stalls in the choir of san maria novella and the principal chapel wherein are the most beautiful figures of st john the baptist and st lawrence in carving he executed the ornaments of the same chapel those of the high altar in the nunziata the decorations of the organ in san maria novella and a vast number of other works both public and private in his native city of florence departing from that city he went to rome where he applied himself with great zeal to the study of architecture and on his return he made triumphal arches of wood in various places for the visit of pope leo x but for all this he never gave up his workshop where there often gathered round him in addition to many citizens the best and most eminent masters of our arts and that most beautiful conversations and discussions of importance took place there particularly in winter the first of these masters was raffaello di urbino then a young man, and next Andrea Sansovino, Filippino Maiono, Cronaca, Antonio da San Gallo, and Giuliano da San Gallo, Granasio, and sometimes, but not often, Michelangelo, with many young Florentines and strangers. Having thus given his attention to architecture in so thorough a manner, and having made some trial of his powers, Bacchio began to be held in such credit in Florence that the most magnificent buildings that were erected in his time were entrusted to him and were put under his direction. When Piero Soderini was gonfalonier, Bacco took part with Cronaca and others, as had been related above, in the deliberations that were held with regard to the great hall of the palace, and with his own hand he executed in wood the ornament for the large panel picture which was begun by Fra Bartolomeo after the design by filippino in company with the same masters he made the staircase that leads to the hall 
with a very beautiful ornamentation of stone, and also the columns of variegated marble and the doors of marble in the hall that is now called the Sala di Duguento. He built a palace for Giovanni Bartolini, which is very ornate within, on the Piazza di Trinita, and he had made many designs for the garden of the same man in Guelfonda, and since that place was the first edifice that was built with ornaments in the form of square windows with pediments, and a portal with columns supporting architrave, frieze, and cornice, these things were much censored by the Florentines with spoken words and silence, and festoons of boughs were hung upon them, as is done in churches for festivals, men saying that the facade was more like that of a temple than of a palace, so that Bacchio was like to go out of his mind. However, knowing that he had imitated good examples, and that his work was sound, he regained his peace of mind. It is true that the corners of the whole palace proved, as has been said in another place, to be too large, but in every other respect the work has always been much extolled. For Lanfredino, Lanfredini, he erected a house on the banks of the Arno, between the Ponte a Trinata and the Ponte alla Caraggia, and on the Piazza di Mosi he began the house of the Nasi, which looks out upon the sandy shore of the Arno, but did not finish it. For Taddeo, of the Tadi family, he built a house that was held to be very beautiful and commodious. For Pier Francesco Borgherini, he made the designs of the house that he built in Borgo St. Apostolo, in which he caused ornaments for the doors and most beautiful chimney pieces to be executed at great expense, and made for the adornment of one chamber in particular, coffers of walnut wood carved with little boys carved with supreme diligence. Such a work it would now be impossible to execute with such perfection as he gave to it. He also prepared the design for the villa that Borgarini caused to be built on the hill of the Pelascurado, which was very beautiful and commodious, and erected at vast expense. For Gervan Maria Benintendi, he executed an antechamber, with an ornamental frame for some scenes painted by excellent masters, which was a rare thing. The same Bianco made the model of the church of St. Giuseppe near the St. Nofri, and directed the construction of the door, which was his last work. He also caused to be built of masonry, the Companiale of St. Spirito in Florence, which was left unfinished and is now being completed by order of the duke cosimo after the original design of bacchio and he likewise erected the campanile of st marietto salmonte which was battered by the artillery of the camp but never destroyed on which account it gained no less fame for the affront that it offered to the enemy than for the beauty and excellence with which bacchio had caused it to be built and carried to completion next having been appointed on account of his abilities and because he was much loved by the citizens as architect to San Maria del Fiore, Bacchio gave the design for constructing the gallery that encircles the cupola. This part of the work, Filippo Brunelleschi, being overtaken by death, had not been able to execute, and although he had made designs even for this, they had been lost or destroyed through the negligence of those in charge of the building. Bacchio then, having made the design and model for this gallery, carried into execution all the part that is to be seen facing the canto de Bissuri. But Michelangelo Bonarotti, on his return from Rome, perceiving that in carrying out this work they were cutting away the two things, that Filippo Bonelleschi, not without a purpose, had left projecting, made such a clamour that the work was stopped, saying that it seemed to him that Bacchio had made a cage for crickets, that a pile so vast required something grander 
and executed with more design art and grace than appeared to him to be displayed by bacchio's design that he himself would show how it should be done michelangelo having therefore made a model the matter was disputed at great lengths before cardinal guilio de Medici, by many craftsmen and competent citizens and at the end neither the one model nor the other was carried into execution bacchio's design was censured in many respects not that it was not a well-proportioned work of its kind but because it was too insignificant in comparison with the size of the structure and for these reasons that gallery has never been brought to completion Massio afterwards gave his intention to executing the pavement of saint maria del fiore and to his other buildings which were not a few for he had under his particular charge all the principal monasteries and convents of florence and many houses of citizens both within and without the city finally when near the age of eighty-three but still of good and sound judgment he passed to a better life in fifteen forty three leaving three sons guiliano filippo and domenico who had him buried in st lorenzo of these sons who all gave their attention after the death of bacchio to the art of carving and working in wood giuliano who was the second was the one who applied himself with the greatest zeal to architecture both during his father's lifetime and afterwards wherefore by favour of duke cosimo he succeeded to his father's place as architect to Senera de Fiore, and continued not only all that Bacchio had begun in that temple, but also all the other buildings that had remained unfinished at his death. At that time, Messer Baldessere Torini da Pescia was intending to place a panel picture by the hand of Raffaello da Urbino in the principal church of Pescia, of which he was provost and to erect an ornate of stone or rather an entire chapel around it and also a tomb and giuliano executed all this after his own designs and models and also restored with the same pattern his house at pescia making in it many beautiful and useful improvements for messer francesco campana formerly first secretary to duke alessandro and afterwards to duke cosimo de medici the same giuliano built at montugi without florence beside the church a house which is small but very ornate and so well situated that it commands from its slight elevation a view of the whole city of florence and the surrounding plain and a most beautiful and commodious house was built at colle the native place of the same campana from the design of guiliano who shortly afterwards began for messer agolino griffoni lord of alto pascio a palace at san miniato al tedesco which was a magnificent work for Sir Giovanni Conti, one of the secretaries, Lord Duke Cosimo, he made many useful and beautiful improvements in his house at Florence, although it is true that in the two ground-floor windows supported by knee-shaped barracks, which opened out upon the street, Guiliano departed from his usual method, and so cut them up with projections, little brackets, and offsets, and they inclined rather to the German manner than to the true and good manner of ancient and modern times works of architecture without a doubt must first be massive solid and simple and then enriched by grace of design and by a variety of subject in the composition without however disturbing by poverty or by excess of ornamentation the order of the architecture or the impression produced on a competent judge meanwhile bacchio bandinelli having returned from rome where he had finished the tombs of leo and clement persuaded the lord duke cosimo then a young man to make at the head of the great hall of the ducal palace a facade 
full of columns and niches, with a range of fine marble statues, and this façade was to have windows of marble and grey stone looking out upon the piazza. The duke having resolved to have this done, Mandolini set his hand to making the design, but finding that the hall, as had been related in the life of Cornassa, was out of square, and having never given attention to architecture, which he considered an art of little value, marvelling and even laughing at those who gave their attention to it, he was forced, on recognising the difficulty of his work, to confer with Guiliano with regard to his model, and to beseech him that he, as an architect, should direct the work. And so all the stone cutters and carvers of St. Maria del Fiore were set to work, and a beginning was made with the structure. Bendinelli had resolved, with the advice of Guiliano, to let the work remain out of square, following in part the course of the wall. It came to pass, therefore, that he was forced to make all the stones irregular in shape, repairing them with great labour by means of the peferillo, which in this instrument otherwise called the bevel square, and this made the work so clumsy that, as will be related in the life of Bandinelli, it has been difficult to bring it to such a form as might be in harmony with rest. Such a thing would not have happened if Bandolini had possessed as much knowledge in architecture as he did in sculpture. Not to mention that the great niches in the side walls at each end proved to be squat, and that the one in the centre was not without defect. As will be told in the life of that same Bandolini, his work, having been pursued over ten years, was abandoned, and so it remained for some time. It is true that the profiled stones, as well as the columns, both of Fasato stone and marble, were wrought with the greatest diligence by the stone cutters and carvers under the care of Guiliano, and were afterwards so well built in that it would not be possible to find any masonry better put together. All the stones being accurately measured, in the respect Guiliano may be celebrated as most excellent, and the work, as will be related in the proper place, was finished in five months, with an addition by Giorgino Vasari of Arezzo. Guiliano, meanwhile, not neglecting his workshop, was giving his attention, together with his brothers, to the execution of many carvings and works of wood, and also to pressing on the making of the pavement of San Maria di Fiore, and since he was superintendent and architect of that building, he was requested by the same Bandolini to make designs and models of wood, out of some fantasies of figures and other ornaments of his own, for the high altar of that same St. Maria del Fiore, which was to be constructed of marble, which Guiliano did most willingly, being a good and kindly person, and one who delighted in architecture as much as Bandolini despised it, and being also won over by the lavish promises of profit and honour that Bandolini made him. Setting to work, therefore, on that model, Guiliano made it much after the simple pattern formerly designed by Bartoleschi, save that he enriched it by doubling both the columns and the arch above. And when he had brought it to completion, and the model together with many designs, had been carried by Bandinelli to Duke Cosimo, his most illustrious excellency resolved in his regal mind to execute not only the altar, but also the ornament of marble that surrounds the choir, following its original octagonal shape. With all those rich adornments, with which it has since been carried out, in keeping with the grandeur and magnificence of that temple, Guiliano, therefore, with the assistance of Bandinelli, made a beginning with that choir, without altering anything, say the principal entrance, which is opposite to the above-mentioned altar, for which reason he wished that it would be exactly similar to that altar, with the same arch and decorations. He also made two other similar arches, which unite with the entrance and the altar in forming a cross, and these were for two pulpits, 
which the old choir also had serving for music and other ceremonies of the choir and of the altar in this choir around the eight faces guiliano made an ornament of the ionic order and placed at every corner a pilaster bent in the middle and one on every face and sent each pilaster so narrowed that the extension lines of its side faces met at the centre of the choir from inside looked narrow and bent in and from outside broad and pointed this invention was not much extolled nor can it be commended as beautiful by any man of judgment and for work of such cost in a place so celebrated bandinelli if he despised architecture or had no knowledge of it should have availed himself of someone living at that time with the knowledge and ability to do better guiliano deserves to be excused in this manner because he did all that he could which was not a little but it is very certain that one who has not strong powers of design and invention in himself will always be too poor in grace and judgment to bring to perfection great works of architecture guiliano made for filippo strozzi a couch of walnut wood which is now at citta di castello in the house of the heirs of signor alessandro fratelli for an altar-piece which giorgio vasari painted for the high altar for the abbey of camaldoli in the casentino he made a very rich and beautiful frame after the design of giorgio and he carved another ornamental frame for a large altar-piece that the same giorgio executed for the church of st agostino in monte san salvino the same giuliano made another beautiful frame for another altar-piece by the hand of vasari which is in the abbey of Clessy, a seat of the monks of camaldoli at ravenna he also executed the frames of the pictures by the hand of the same giorgio of arezzo that are the refectory of the monks and of the abbey of san fiore at arezzo and in the vescovato in the same city behind the high altar he made a most beautiful choir of walnut wood after the design of giorgio which provided for the bringing forward of the altar and finally a short time before his death he made the rich and beautiful ciborium of the most holy sacrament for the high altar of the nunziata with the two angels of wood in full relief which were on either side of it this was the last work that he executed and he passed to a better life in the year fifteen fifty five nor was domenico the brother of that guiliano inferior to him in judgment seeing that besides carving much better in wood he was also very ingenious in matters of architecture as may be seen from the house that was built for bastiano da montegotto in the via di servi after his design wherein there are also many works in wood by domenico's own hand the same master executed for agostino del nero and piazza di mozzi the buildings that form the street corner and a very beautiful terrace of the house of the nazi formerly begun by his father bacchio and it is the common belief that if he had not died so young he would have surpassed by a great measure both his father and his brother guliano end of section seven